Hi, my name is Ben Armstrong. Hi, this is David Koch. My name is Thomas Maurer. Hi, I'm Donna Sarkar. Hi, my name is Lana Montgomery. Hi, I'm Seth Juarez. Hi, I'm Aaron Thomas. I'm Jess Dodson. Hi, I'm Rocky Heckman. Hi, I'm Sonia Cup. Hi, I'm Troy Hunt. Hello, this is Wally Mee. My name is Reed Purvis. Hi, I'm Lars Clean. Hi, my name is Alan Birchall. Hi, I'm Adam Fowler. Hi, I'm Scott Guthrie, and you're listening to the Need to Know Podcast. All the latest Microsoft Cloud news, as well as industry guest deep dive conversations. It's a Need to Know Podcast. All thanks to the CIA Ops patron community. The Need to Know Podcast. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook, N2K Podcast, and online at ciaops.podbean.com. Welcome along to the Need to Know Podcast. My name is Robert Crane, and you join me for episode 298. We are in March 2023. So let's take a look at all the news and updates that have come from the Microsoft Cloud. But firstly, a few notes from me. If you do want to reach out to me, please do, director at ciaops.com, on the YouTube, at director CIA. Also on the Twitter is the same, at director CIA. And also I have a shared channel, Teams shared channel, if you want to join in on that, go and have a look in my blog and do a search for join my Teams shared channel. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can go in and join up as well. Don't forget the good old merch store for some t-shirts and material to make a statement and again the podcast is brought to you thanks to the good people who do support me via the CIA Ops patron community that provides all information on a daily basis around the Microsoft Cloud. So let's get into the news here and talk about a few new things that Microsoft has dropped recently. Now Probably the biggest one we've got here is the Intune suite. So this Intune suite is the Intune premium offering Microsoft has shown us previously, and you'll find in here information to help you get started with that. This is going to include uh, remote help, so the ability to log into machines remotely. You also get privileged uh, management, which means that you can allow users to escalate their rights on an endpoint using a policy, a variety of different ways to do that. You get some endpoint or some advanced endpoint analytics, which is really handy to look at the performance, the capabilities, what's going on uh, on your devices to improve their performance for users. Uh, we also have the ability to uh, manage specialty devices, and you'll see also that there are some additional features that will be coming to the suite in the very near future. So it's missing probably one or two uh, items, things like third-party patching and whatnot will be added to uh, this after the fact. So again, I'll put the link in the show notes so you can go in and uh, have a look, but this is basically available to you uh, as of now. So what you can do is after you've read uh, the article, you can pop across to your tenant. And if you go into the admin center, go into purchase services, and do a search for Intune, you should basically be able to scroll down the bottom and under other services, you'll see that there's the Intune suite plus Intune plan two. So the way Microsoft is sort of pitching this is, Intune plan one is the thing that we are familiar with, with business premium, standard Intune, basically, you can purchase some additional services, a subsuite uh, using uh, plan two, but if you want all the features, then you need to have uh, plan one. So you need to have Intune originally, then you need to add the Microsoft suite, uh, Intune suite on top of that, right? So 
Again, the idea here is you've got to start with Intune. That's now called Intune P1. You can add P2 to get a limited set of additional features, or you can go for the full suite and go for Microsoft Intune Suite. Now, the pricing I have here in my tenant is about $10 uh, for the suite. US, I think that's about $13 or so uh, Australian. So that's sort of the cost there. Now, the other way that you can add it is if you log into Intune uh, portal, so endpoint.microsoft.com, you'll also notice here that they've renamed that in the top left-hand corner. They're now calling it the Intune Admin Center. So that's uh, something that we're seeing with the renaming going on. But if you go to endpoint.microsoft.com, Go down to Tenant Administration and then have a look at the Intune Add-ons option. In there, you should now see the Intune Suite, Remote Help, and Intune Plan 2 as options that you can add manually in there. Now, the really good thing about this is if you do add them in, you will get a trial. Um, you get, I think, 250 users for 90 days, so it is a significant trial for you to go in and um, have a play with it. So I've added that to my environment, currently playing with it, and again, we'll report uh, back on the capabilities that that does provide. Now, I think there's going to be a lot of benefits in there for people, especially those managing uh, devices, especially in SMBs. And the remote support, I think, will be big. I think that the remote, uh, sorry, the third-party patching when that becomes available will also be a, a huge thing as well. So, lots and lots of individual articles uh, based off this first blog post here. Go in and read about the. Uh, MAM VPN and all the other capabilities in there. So I think this is a really uh, important offering if you are managing devices. Now the next thing that Microsoft did is they dropped a big update for Windows 11. So this is kind of what Microsoft is going towards with what they're calling these moments. So this is not a security update um, or really, uh, I suppose, you know, a feature improvement. It's really adding features largely. Uh, one of the features it's going to add is the AI-powered Bing taskbar. Now, that will require you to have opted into the chat GPT version of Bing. But again, go in, uh, apply the update there. It will take a little while to uh, uh, set that up for you. You also get this interesting feature, this phone link for iOS is in preview. Again, anything in preview here will typically only appear in the insider build, so you may not see it in your production system. But that's sort of the concept of being able to see your SMS style messages and things um, in uh, the Windows PC that is connected to iOS. So we've had that for a little while for Android, but we haven't seen an iOS and it looks as though it is coming, which will be a good thing. At the moment, it's very, very basic, but that is one of the advantages that you uh, sort of will get when you put in this update and when it does fully roll out to uh, production. So some interesting features here. Remember, the majority of these are additions or improvements or enhancements or expanding out the feature set that Windows 11 does uh, certainly provide. So go in and have a look at those capabilities and certainly I've put it on my environment I uh, haven't seen uh, any issues. I suppose the big one for a lot of people is the ability to have tabs now in Notepad so you can now uh, work on multiple text files if you need to without having to open version uh, multiple versions of OneNote. So you can sort of see this AI concept that Microsoft's trying to build. I think the most powerful part about it is it's integrated now with the start menu so you can if you've got an azure ad join machine you can now use that to you know do searches in microsoft 365 and now again be adding ai to that we expect the ai search in the chat gpt stuff to end up integrated into microsoft 365 at some stage so again look out for that 
Now, another interesting one that Microsoft dropped is this article, Total Identity Compromise Dart Lessons on Securing Azure AD. If you are tasked with looking after Azure AD, the identity capabilities around Microsoft 365, I would certainly commend this article for you to go in and have a look at. It's got some best practices, some recommendations, plenty of learnings from Microsoft's uh, response team there. I would suggest, you know, again, if you are serious about security, go in and have a look at this article. It's quite dense. There is a lot in there to read through, but I think it's worthwhile if you are looking to secure the identities in Microsoft 365. Really worthwhile article there. Now, speaking of Azure AD, Microsoft is, is moving or has now started providing this skilling snack um, product or I suppose blog posts or articles. Uh, this one here is skilling snack intro to Azure AD. So you'll get in there, for example, you know, the total time to go through the articles and the material. You'll get, for example, articles to read, videos to watch, uh, interactive uh, you know, experiences in there. So I'll put the link in the show notes, make sure you go and have a look. But if you're looking to upskill or make sure that, you know, your skills are current, uh, look out for, you know, these articles called Skilling Snack. And these are going to, you know, be around a range of Microsoft products in there. Um, but the first one out is the intro to Azure Active Directory. Now, Speaking of security, uh, we can now integrate our Defender for Endpoint with compliance and conditional access policies. We've been able to do that for a while, but this article does lay it out in a nice, simple format for you. It's worthwhile to have a look at if you haven't done that. So this is going to allow you to take, for example, the risk rating of devices based on Defender for Endpoint uh, and also compliance policies, and then make determinations as to whether those devices users and so on can access your corporate information so very handy to prevent people um, accessing information on devices that you know may not be compliant or that have a risk associated with the login this really is to counter what we see attackers doing that they pwn a user get their credentials and actually register their own machine in Azure AD as that user and then use that to conduct further attacks. So again, having something like this around conditional access is a good move to prevent unauthorized access. So again, the link will be in the show notes for you to go and have a look at. Uh, another one here is around mitigate risks with application block in Microsoft Defender vulnerability management. So the capability here to really get down and more granular. Now, typically, this is probably going to require an additional license. Uh, if you uh, want to use it, it's typically aimed at larger enterprises. But there are some interesting items here. And if you do need this capability, it's worthwhile investigating. You can get a trial to try this out, but it does lift the level of protection for your uh, devices, you know, one level up. And uh, as I understand it, there's an additional cost here. But multiplied by the amount of machines, it may not work for you, but certainly worthwhile going and having a look at the trial. If you do really want to go to the next level when it comes to securing basically applications uh, on uh, individual devices based on their uh, vulnerability. Now, there's also a good article here, summary article for February around SharePoint. There's lots and lots of articles uh, in here. We've got, for example, um, advanced management. This is now an add-on capability to SharePoint. We've got, you know, additions around Viva. We've got some, you know, enhancements uh, around uh, the updates around OneDrive, uh, Teams, and SharePoint, what they look like. So if you go to your OneDrive today, you'll see that it typically... Um, starts with you know a home location which is your recent files rather than a list of your files 
So that is a, a little bit different. The other thing that I really like here now also that they've added is that SharePoint can now request uh, an external file. We've had that in OneDrive for business for a while, but we can now do that with a SharePoint document library. So that's really handy to be able to request files in a shared location that others in the organization can also deal with. So rather than doing it in your own OneDrive, you can set up a request in a shared location and let other team members work with those files. So I think that's really, really uh, handy there as well. So again, put the article in the show notes for you to go and have a look at. It's worthwhile uh, reading that to um, keep up to date. The other thing to note in this article is that Microsoft are going to retire the wiki from Teams and they're going to move it to uh, OneNote. So you'll see OneNote replacing the wiki. My understanding is, is they'll migrate any wiki notes you have into OneNote for the team. So again, good idea to go in, have a look at this, uh, read what you need to do, if anything. Another item in here that I really like is the automatic lowering of raised hands. So after someone finishes speaking, uh, it will lower their hand. That's always very handy because people, again, generally forget to lower their hands uh, after that. It comes a bit confusing as to you know who's uh, spoken or who's next on the job. So I'll put the link in the show notes for you to have a look. Now, another one here is that Microsoft has been named a leader in the Gartner Magic Quadrant for endpoint protection platforms. They're very, very proud of that. And if you do have a look at the Gartner Quadrant, you'll see that Microsoft is in the top right-hand corner, generally ahead of all the other providers. Um, again, take it for what it's worth, but I think it is a good indication that Microsoft has invested and does have a leading product when it comes to endpoint security protection for your devices. So uh, lots of details in there about the product and certainly encourage you to do that. And if you have anybody who is questioning, you know, the uh, technical capabilities around the endpoint protection for Microsoft, certainly point them uh, towards this article. So hopefully going forward, I'll be able to give you some more insight and dive into the Intune suite, uh, but we do need to get through uh, some other items here uh, for today's uh, podcast. Now, the other thing to mention here is that I've been talking to the good people at Microsoft about getting uh, additional guests on to do interviews, and what we'd really love to get from you is to have your, what sort of things you'd like to cover. So things like Lighthouse, Intune, Intune Suite, uh, maybe security. So if you do want to hear something or someone from Microsoft, a particular topic covered in this podcast, please reach out to me, director at ciaops.com or on the Twitters and let me know what you'd like to see covered. And I'll do my best to get those people on and include them uh, as in an interview in upcoming uh, episodes. So again, reach out if you do have any particular uh, Microsoft topics that you uh, wish to uh, see covered so that we can get that information out to you. So what I'd like to speak about uh, to finish off here is what's known as a break glass account. So basically what it is, is managing emergency access to the Microsoft 365 environment. Now Microsoft does have an article here, which I'll put in the show notes uh, for you. Now, the reality here is you want an account that is not subject to any policy. So not um, not subject to MFA policy, not subject to conditional access, not subject to anything that would restrict it. The the idea being that if there is some issue with MFA or there's some issue with conditional access, then this account not being subject to any policies can still log in and do some basic maintenance, make changes temporarily uh, if needed. Now, if you remove all the policies largely 
most of these will be security from an account it's like okay how do we go in and actually protect that so step one is to use an account name which is not particularly obvious so wouldn't call it break class for account wouldn't call it admin or administrator you want to create maybe something that's random at the beginning and make it a little bit harder or a little bit obfuscated for people to try and locate you never want to use that account. The only time you want to use that account is if there are issues. So again, break glass. The concept is, is that you record the account name and the password, and the password needs to be really, really long, right? So we're talking, you know, 100 odd characters, maybe 50, 100 characters, 120 characters. Make it really, really long and make it painful to gain access to that account put those details in an envelope, lock them away in a safe or somewhere secure so that you can refer to them if you need. We don't want to use the break glass on a day-to-day -day basis, right? So we really only want to use it in case of emergency. That means, you know, an obscure account name and probably a very, very long um, and obscure password, right? So again, looking at 50, 100 odd characters or more for the password. Now, according to Microsoft's documentation here, they basically say to create two or more emergency access accounts. Now, you need to be the judge of that, what makes sense. Obviously, each additional account that you make would need to have global admin rights, so it can come in and make changes. The more accounts you add, the more risk there is because you've got you know standing global admin without the normal protections. My advice to you generally would be one should be enough, so have one, at least one, um, full break class account with no policies applied but in your environment that may vary and you may want you know one break glass account given to a customer or given to the internal IT team and another one that you keep to manage the environment yourself but you need to make a decision on how many accounts the fewer the better obviously to lower the risk but also I would suggest um, that you need to make sure you've got good documentation on this and you've got to set up obviously the alerts uh, around this to protect it. Now, my advice would be that one of the ways or one of the better ways that you can protect it is to use Defender for Cloud Apps. So this is the old Microsoft Cloud App Security, the old MCAS. So if you go into MCAS, which I've got here basically on my screen, and we have a YouTube companion uh, for this, you'll see here that I've created a custom uh, alert policy called Global Admin Access. So if I drill into that, You'll see here that what I've got is I'm basically looking for you know potentially repeated activity. So in my case, I'm looking for at least five logins, repeated logins from uh, this alert or this alert being tripped five times in 30 minutes to trigger this. All right. And what I've done is we can, the good thing about Cloud App Security or the Defender for Cloud Apps is we can set up basically a query to determine when this alert gets fired. So in my case, what I'm doing is, is I'm looking at the IP address and I'm saying, is the IP address not equal to a corporate IP address? So in Defender for Cloud Apps, I can define a range of IP addresses, which I consider corporate. So these will be my internet connection and some common areas that I work in. So anything outside that is considered the public internet. But I don't want this alert to be triggered when I'm behind one of my normal internet connections. Then the second item here, line here is I want the activity uh, type equals to a logon, right? So if I do see a logon from a user, and also if the user 
is in the Office 365 administrator group. So again, firstly, the IP address has to be outside the normal ranges that I use for my business, my own corporate IPs. The activity has to be a login and the type of user that logging in is an administrator account, which is defined by the group. And also the other one that I've added is I don't want that to be triggered if I'm logging in from Azure. So if I'm doing demos, if I'm doing uh, examples, I don't want the alert to be triggered when I log into Azure, which again will generally be outside my corporate IP addresses. Now, once you've worked out the activity that works for you, then we can go down and we can set the alerts. We want to create an alert, send an email, um, again, put any limits on it. And then if you want, you can put in some governance here around suspend the user, require the user to sign in uh, again. Now, you want to be very careful with the governance because if it gets locked out, then again, how do you get in after this? So you want to be very careful about that. The good thing about Defender for Cloud Apps is we also have the ability here to launch a Power Automate uh, flow here, which could also go in and send additional alerts, um, do anything that you really need. So the idea here is we want as much protection as we can without the need for putting policies on our account and using Defender for Cloud Apps and using a, you know, a custom policy to trigger when this account actually logs in. So you may want to say, okay, I'm never going to use the um, break glass account ever. And I do want to know immediately at any point that it is logging in. So you would set up a query that says, as soon as that account logs in anywhere, um, send me an alert, you know, make noise, uh, you know, send me emails and so on. So the idea here is, is to go in and create a Defender for Cloud Apps policy that suits your environment to let you know when a uh, when the break glass account is actually used, right? So you can set up that custom query. Now, another way that you could achieve that is with integration with Sentinel. So Sentinel gives you the ability to go in and create a custom log here. So you can use the KQL query to go in and create a query. Now, the good thing about the query is that once you've got the query and tested it, made sure that it is, you know, uh, working, it's it's uh, determining that a login from your break glass account uh, has occurred, then you can actually create an alert based on that rule and run that on a scheduled basis, okay? So work out the KQL query that you want to, you know, highlight or determine or locate the fact that the break glass account has logged in and then in Sentinel, you can then tie that to a scheduled, you know, an alert so that when it does happen, you can then generate an email, you can again launch an automation process, you can do a range of things there. So in summary here is you're going to need, or the best practice recommendation is to have at least one break glass account that is not subject to any policies. And by any policies, it isn't subject to MFA, it isn't subject to conditional access and so on. The theory is, is that if there are any issues with any of those policy engines on the Microsoft side, you can still use this account in an emergency to get in and make any configuration changes if required. Now that account should have an obscure account name. It also should have a very, very long password and complex, a long and complex password. And then the protection you provide on that beyond that is going to be the alerting. You can achieve that using Defender for Cloud Apps, the old uh, MCAS 
and that can then generate alert when that account, for example, logs in on specific IP addresses. So again, you could set up a policy that says, okay, let me know when that break glass account logs in outside of my corporate IP addresses because hopefully I'm behind my corporate environment when I do need to use it. The other thing I would call your attention to that could also be used in a similar vein is to use Sentinel. So you could set up a KQL query with um, Sentinel and then you could turn that into an alert and then that could generate you know, all sorts of things like emails and automation processes. Now I will make sure that the link to the Microsoft article on these emergency accounts is in the show notes. You can go and review it. Again, review it and work out what is best for you in your environment. But like I said, best practice I would suggest is at least one um, account that is not subject to any policies that is well protected and also has a number of alerting capabilities so that when it does uh, actually get used, you'll certainly get notifications about that. So that's really uh, the, the best practice around that. Now, remember when you do that, things like SecureScore may complain about having an account without MFA and certain policies. You may need to go into SecureScore and just let it know, yes, I'm accepting the risk for this one account because it is a break glass and this is how I want to deal with it. So there may be some adjustments in there. So hopefully you'll never need to use a break glass account, but the main thing is it is there if you do need it in case you know something like MFA is not operating and you do need to go in and make some adjustments to allow people to get into systems. So remember, keep that in mind. I think that's something that you would add to your arsenal when you do your standard setup. Of course, because it isn't subject to policies, it is uh, less secure, but the idea is, is you can take some steps, which I've hopefully outlined for you, that you can uh, then implement to reduce the risk uh, for that account. All right, so with that, I will take the opportunity to thank you for listening to this episode. Quick reminder again that if you do have a particular topic or person from Microsoft you'd like to see interviewed or discussing topics like Lighthouse, Intune, uh, Defender for Endpoint or Defender for Business and so on, please reach out to me, director at ciaops.com or on the Twitter at directorcia, and I'll do my best to make that happen in an upcoming episode. However, with that, once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Need to Know podcast. You have been listening to the Need to Know podcast from CIA Ops. For training on using technologies like SharePoint Online or Microsoft 365, visit www.ciaopsacademy.com. By purchasing from the selections available, you'll be directly supporting this podcast. To provide feedback on this episode, visit www.ciaops.com contact.